Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leaving Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. So, um, hey, I decided to do a show uh, today on Friday. So I apologize if I didn't let anybody know. I just, uh, you know, I knew that we didn't fit in a lot of fights that were happening on Monday, Monday's show. And then, um, obviously, the Wednesday uh, fight between Tim DeZu and uh, Jeff Horn. Well, I mean, that was kind of worthy of trying to get a reaction, especially which, when I had said, you know, I didn't think that uh, Tim could uh, hold off the assault that Jeff Horn was going to bring. You know, um, I thought for sure that Jeff Horn was going to have more success, just that rough style that he has, you know, where he mauls you up and he's in your chest, he's in your face, and he doesn't give you that second to breathe or anything like that. I thought that was going to be a major leap and test for Tim Tazoo. But I got to tell you this, okay? Um, I was so surprised. You know what? Let me lower this shit down because I remember when I was doing this um, on Monday show, it sounded like I was freaking screaming, you know, and I wasn't really even talking that loud. I don't know if I'm, um, if you can hear me now uh, any better. And really quick, before I even get on my thought, you know what happened on last week's show? And uh, this was really on my, on my end. So I forgot that you got to take off, um, you got to take off, you know, block talk off mute. Because, you know, I was calling in with Skype so you can hear the callers call in and stuff. So that's what screwed me up, you know. So that's why we couldn't, you couldn't hear a, a, a milk car and a milk car couldn't hear me. So this was all big screw up on my end. It had nothing to do with um, Block Talk. It had everything to do with me, the operator. So there you go. I'm the dumbass that didn't um, remember that you have to take – you know, it's just stupid, though, because I'm already logging on, and then I log on with Skype, right, so that you can hear uh, callers or anybody else to call in on the show. And then um, it doesn't uh, – you know, it tells you you have to do this other thing, which is unmute yourself on another platform. So I completely forgot about that, you know. So that was my bad about Monday's show. So I have to let Amir Amilcar uh, know about this. Uh, I got a text from Kenny, and I haven't read the text yet, but I think uh, we got some good news, you know. So hopefully we get Ken- Kenny. Um... <laughs> I know Outlaw, big dummy dude i was like what the fuck bro and i just realized it right now when i was you know logging on to do it because i was like how come i can't hear um you know how come nobody else can hear that and then i looked and i go wait a minute there's another third thing i'm supposed to look at and that was the fucking uh skype so what a pendejo as my mom would say pendejo you know you know your mom gives you that real disappointed look when it's something really simple which I'm really glad because I'm out of school. You know, I'm an older, I'm an old man already, as some would consider, being in your, you know, mid 40s. Um, that I wouldn't, I don't, I'm not like stuck in home and have to do, 
you know, schooling in the house because, man, my mom was the worst to go and ask for, uh, you know, to help resolve a problem, especially math, man. My mom was just like, because she thought, you know, she was like, I caught it very easy. And I, I came to this country not knowing any English. And you speak perfect English and you can't, you know, you can't do uh, division yet. Forget about it. So I'm happy that I don't, I'm not in that shoes where I have to do in-house studying with my mom. You know what I'm saying? And what's up, D-Style? Oh, thank you, bro. Yeah, I thought that'd be cool with the yellow and everything. Try that out. Um, <laughs> Laura says already, I mean, D-Style saying already, Laura's fighting uh, May Dumpster Juice of the Week. We'll get into a little bit of that and stuff. But I'm going to go back really quick and just mention about uh, what happened this past uh, Wednesday early in the morning, which I don't know about you guys, if you woke up early in the morning to, um, to watch it, I certainly did it. What's up, Joe Lopez, 40 ounce, que onda? How you doing, brother? Um, I didn't, I had to wait till I got back home from work, but everybody was like, right when I got on the road, well, actually, right when I woke up, I was ready getting texts. I didn't want to look at my texts. I didn't want to look at Twitter or any type of social media platform. Um, Got in the shower, jumped in my van, head out to work, and then Brian Fogg hits me up. He texts me. He's like, dude, he looked really good. And, you know, Tim, and I'm like, fuck, I haven't seen the fight. But it was already too late, man. I know, Dave after dark, bro. Check it out. Just don't expect me to take off my shirt, Bato. I'm going to keep all my clothes on and stuff, you know. I'm not an easy date. You got to pay for it, okay. But um, so I rushed back home, and I had to get a 12-pack, man. At least get some brewskis in because even though it was Wednesday, I was pumped up for it. I wanted to watch the fight, and I was like, it was freaking hot as well. So, you know, sat down, told the old lady, hey, I'm going to watch the fight. She was making dinner, jumped on, uh, you know, jumped in, came in in here, the uh, podcast studio, turned on all the TVs, and put on the fight. I got to tell you this. Tim Tazu, dude, he's like a replica of his dad. You know his dad taught him everything. You know, he measures he measures you with the left hand, with that jab, which his old man used to do, right? Uh, he zeroes in with the right hand. Uh, he really knows how to keep you up. He's physical. His dad was very physical against guys trying to close that distance. And I, I thought it was phenomenal. I almost forgot. Um, thank you, Wildcard. Thank you, brother. Um, I almost forgot. I think that's Dave, right? For away, Dave. What's up, brother? Um, I, I almost forgot that it was his son. You know, I really did. I almost forgot that it was Tim Tazu. I thought I was kind of almost kind of watching Costa Zoo all, all over again. And um, I mean, I, I got caught up in the moment, I got to admit, because the fact was that that first round, that to me was the test bar for Tim Tazu to see what he, you know, who he was all about, because Jeff Horn obviously was going to test him, see, you know, hey, because this is a, that what to me was a major step up. Even the commentators were saying it. I think anybody that watched or, and, and when the announcement of the fight, hearing about the announcement of the fight, would admit this was a major step up, okay? Now, guys, really quick, if you want to call in, you can call in 347-215-7598. You want to chop it up? Let's talk some boxing here. Let's talk about this weekend fight. Let's talk about Tim Zhu. Tell me what you think. What, were you impressed? Were you not impressed? Call in. I will check out the uh, – um, well, I'm on your – talking and jabbing and everything i'll check the phone lines here and i see we already got a call let you in right now give me just one second to finish off my thought here um you know going back again i thought for sure the first round was going to be the major test and jeff Horn automatically did not fail us by going out there and getting in the chest of tim to okay 
But Tim definitely was not going to have it. You know, obviously he was schooled very well because he was kind of already told, hey, this is what this guy's going to do. You know, because there's no real science to, to Jeff Horn. Do you know what I mean? There's no really figuring out. He's a one-trick pony, but he's very good at it. You know, he's really good at kind of like wrestling you and getting in there. And the ref did kind of a good job in the beginning by telling them both like, hey, this ain't going to happen. This is a boxing match. This is not WWE. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought immediately with that first minute, I was like, okay, maybe we got something with this kid. But then again, I'm thinking, you know, being me, me being, you know, the guy that I am, I'm like, mm, maybe, maybe this was just a good round. But let's see how long he can last. Let's see if he could do this three or four rounds. And guess what? The kid kept doing it. And he kept getting better. You know, and then finally when Tim Tazu was like, Jeff Horn's got a solid jaw, okay? And he was landing some really, really clean shots, right hands, uh, short left hooks. Uh, and then when he decided to go to that body, and I think it was the third round, if I, if I remember correct. Somebody, you know, um, let me know if I'm wrong about it. I think it was the third round where he decided, hey, let me check, let me check that body. Let's see how well-conditioned he, Jeff Horn, is. Because, you know, this is 154. This is a, a, a way above his normal 147, right? And being that Tim Tazoo was a big kid, okay, uh, he, you know, I thought it was a smart thing to do was to see if he could take out some air out of the tires. And guess what? It started working. So the overall, what the kid was doing, you know, which, is, which we call is the paint job, going up and down, up and down, I thought it was a phenomenal job. The measuring, the knowing when he was pushing uh, uh, Jeff Horn back, opening up to body shots with uppercuts, and then sticking out his right hand. And occasionally, he would lead with that right hand. He would measure out just like his dad, stick that left hand, just hold it out there, and then bang, drop that right. And in the final round, uh, I mean, not the final round, the round where he really uh, hurt uh, uh, Jeff Horn, um, you know, um, I, I truly believe that 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 was the kind of the set of the tone of everything where that big right hand landed and it was just a big thump. You guys remember, I think it was on the seventh round when he just, boom, I think that was it. I think Jeff Horn really uh, kind of mentally checked out, you know? So, um, yeah, it was a good fight. I thought it was a great test. Uh, I'm hoping, and I said this on social media, on Twitter, is that Tim Suzuk is taking this kind of serious. You know what I mean? Because as we've seen in the past, a lot of these guys, uh, a lot of these kids that have a famous dad and a legendary dad and a dad that, that you know, a lot of us recognize immediately um, tend to kind of write that name and write it so much that they make a big, you know, a, a, butt, a buttload of fucking money, you know, a boatload of money, I'm like, buttload. a boatload of money, right? You know, and then they just kind of just, you know, go, hey, I already made my money. I'm already on top because I'm being, I'm being treated like, a, like the prince of boxing because my dad was king. And then they just kind of just declined in their career. I don't really see this with this kid because I kind of see that he's kind of really polished up by his dad and the mentality of him being a fighter is really there, you know? So, but then again, things change. Like I said, when money starts settling in, thing can, things can take a shift. So I'm hoping that, that that doesn't happen. So let me, uh, let's patch in our first caller here. Uh, 510, you're on live right now on Leaving the Ring. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, Dave? After darkness and end of, how you doing? <laughs> Going good, brother. How you doing, man? <laughs> good, bro. Good, man. Um, last. So, what did you, you know, think about? Uh huh. 
Well, no, I don't know if you remember last week. I pre- I predicted a uh, zoo by knockout, right? You knock knockout. Yeah. Uh, Costa zoo, right? Or excuse me, uh, Jeff Horn. But you know, right. the main reason I did that was because I only seen him like fight once before, like the last time he came on uh, ESPN Plus, like a, like a, like in February, sometime around then. He looked really good to me, man. He looked uh, young and strong, man. Like just like full of energy, kind of like like the same vibe he got for like uh, Theo Fimo right now, you know. Like that, just like that ambition, you know, the the youth, and I just thought he's going to right. overpower uh, Jeff Horn, man. That, honestly, there's more of a feeling rather than like, oh, this guy's technique and blah blah blah, you know. And another reason I predicted, I kind of predicted the knockout too, is because I at the time I thought uh, Costa Zoo was really uh, heavily involved in his son's career, but from what I hear, I guess he's not. I guess like Costa Zoo now lives in Russia now with a, like another wife or something like that. But I, I was thinking, but it looks you know, like Costa the same handlers man, though. It, it yeah, looks like yeah. it cost his manager, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, What's interesting, like, I heard on, on a different podcast that he wasn't involved, but I could have sworn I saw him coming to the ring. It looked like a, like a, well, he's the version of Costa Zoo in there with, 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 uh, oh, no, he was there. With Tim Zoo. He was there. He was there. Yeah, he, he, yeah. he was there. He was right there on ringside. Um, you know, how much of, of, how much involved he is in training them now, I don't know. But you know what? To say that he's not, he hasn't been involved in showing this kid the the fundamentals of what Costa knows and has done in his career, I I would have to disagree with that because I saw a replica of a kid being like his dad, the same stance, the same you know uh, you know trying to find White an stance. opening, by, yeah, the, the, you know with the palming with the jab. Uh, the way he mm-hmm. shoots off the elbow with his right hand. The only thing different that I saw probably with with, with Tim Tazu is the punching power. Like, he doesn't have that hammer uh, that his dad obviously carried. But I think that that might come along. Here's another thing. Is the kid's 25. And I don't know why for some reason I keep thinking the kid was a lot younger. You know? So, I mean, there's a lot of things that we don't know about the kid, um, which, I mean, obviously I had said that. I was like, well, I've only seen a little bit of the guy, you know what I mean? And I wasn't, like, too confident about him. And, uh, you know, so I wasn't going to jump on a hype train yet. I'm still not on the hype train. I still want to see what he can do. But I definitely, definitely think that he's got some real good promising um, skills that can probably take him a little further. You know, especially at 154, there are some names there that can he he can obviously uh, attach himself to and work his way. Especially being on, you know, being already being watched by ESPN uh, household uh, uh, viewers and stuff. It's a great start for this guy. And like I said, for us old heads, watched his dad for many years, bro. This kid was kind of refreshing. I, I, you know, if his dad is involved, you know, because his dad was like really. Intelligent fighter, man. He's one of the uh, few top level fighters ever, like literally, literally retired on their stool. You know, like said, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to kill myself anymore. You know, and I just thought Jeff Horn was like the perfect opponent for for Tim Zoo to have a breakout fight. You know, like uh, nobody had ever stopped Jeff Horn before. Jeff Horn has a win over Manny Pacquiao, and he went the distance with uh, Terrence Crawford. You know, so right for him to to actually stop him, and that's a that's a big belt. On his wall right now, man. Like you know, it's really impressive. I'm impressed. You know, I know I know a lot of people yeah. are talking about him. They're excited about him. You know, obviously he has a long way to go, 
But this is a this is a great coming out party for him, you know. Me personally, I think you know. Now people are going to be like really excited for his next fight. Yeah, I, yeah, ex- exactly. I'm I'm actually really excited and hope that it's going to be another fight by the end of the year. I'm not sure yet though, you know. Um, but hey, let me tell you this. You mentioned something that's a great point. Jeff Horn is a guy that's got a solid chin. And I said that earlier. I said, this guy has a solid chin. And this was a great move by Tim Tazu to recognize that and start going to the body, right? So maybe I should take it back about him not having his dad's uh, right-hand hammer uh, because he was able to make the veteran guy rethink his position and just tap out say, I don't want no more of this. Let's just, you know, walk away. I'm taking a beating. I don't think I can stop this kid. I can't land nothing. And obviously my style is not slowing him down. That's the one thing. His style, Jim, Jeff Horn's style, was not slowing this kid down. It wasn't discouraging him, and it wasn't making him rethink his, you know, his strategy. He, was, he kept applying it. He stuck to his game plan, and he kept executing it, and, he, and the execution was beautiful when he was doing that. So he made the guy stay on the stool. So I guess we could say he does got some power, or Ralph Jeff Horn would have came back out, right? Yeah, he, he definitely punished them. And I, I know uh, Jeff Horn is typically a welterweight, but he's a big welterweight. And the day of the fight, while I was watching the fights, he pretty much seemed, uh, pretty much the same size. Tim Zhu and uh, and Jeff Horn to me seemed the same size. There's no like. Uh, uh, obvious advantage, height advantage, or size size advantage for Tim Zhu. You know, so it was, it was a pretty even fight physically. You know, and uh, yeah, it was just really it was a really good fight. It was an enjoyable fight. It was entertaining. It was nice to see a crowd at a boxing stadium again, which made it even more exciting for me. You know, so it, it, over, all in all, man, that, you know, I was kind of happy. I put my five bucks on uh, ESPN Plus this month. You know, it was a good deal. You know, and then we got you know Ramirez coming up this weekend. Right. So that, you know, that's pretty dope too, man. You know, good deal. Yeah, definitely, man. So let me tell you this. What fight are you looking forward to the most on Saturday, the Ramirez and Postal or the Angulo and Laura? They're both uh, headlining. Uh, Angulo is on the uh, – he's a co-headliner. And then you got Arizlandi Laura as the headliner. Well, uh, I recently moved out to Fresno from the Bay Area. So I guess I'm going for Jose Armitas from here on out, man. You know? So, you yeah, go. that's my guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know what um, – I remember this, and uh, if you know if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you remember I was very critical of Jose uh, Ramirez. Um, you know, I remember saying that because I wasn't impressed by Jose in the beginning. You know, I, I thought I thought what I saw there was a lot of like you know pillow punches, a lot of flurries. Didn't sit on his punches, so I didn't really see him getting any further than that. I thought he had topped the ceiling, but as soon as he started sitting down and getting comfortable in the pro style, um, it was almost like watching Robert Guerrero. Remember when Robert Guerrero came out as a featherweight, and he was a boxer. He moved a lot, uh, yep. threw a lot of punches, but didn't really sit on them. And then he took that turn, and he started sitting on the punches when he started moving up in weight and became more of a banger puncher, right? I see that with Jose Ramirez. So very excited, and I like the fact that he's chasing the 140 uh, unification stuff. So uh, Victor Postal to me is a great stay busy fight. I don't. I just think that Victor Postal is a shell of himself, but you never know. This is a big opportunity for big Victor Postal to get his name back in or to get himself back into the contingency of what's going on in the 140. But I'm not too confident about it. The way Jose Ramirez has been looking, uh, dude, he's been looking like a, a bulldozer. 
You know what, uh, Ramirez, I totally agree with you. Like, with uh, Ramirez early on in his career, he really wasn't impressive. You know, he seemed kind of pedestrian. You know, he seemed more like just a local draw, you know, you know, sell tickets to Fresno, and that was about it. Right. The last few fights, ever since he joined with uh, Robert, uh, uh, with Robert, uh, excuse me, I forgot his name already, that's the, uh, Garcia, sorry. Uh, he kind of, he kind of reminds me of like a mini margarito, man, with that, uh, relentless, relentless style, you know, kind of, just like what Tim Dude did this past, uh, Wednesday, you know, he goes to the body, you know, just constantly throwing punches, kind of always on his front foot, you know, always attacking, man. It's a, it's right. a fun style to watch, man. You know, he doesn't, maybe, I mean, still doesn't have the most power in the world, but with that style, when he wears somebody out, like he did, uh, that kid from Dallas, uh, the other quarter, Maurice Hooker. Pounders, Yep. Maurice Hooker, you know, that, that style's going to carry him a long way, you know. And uh, I'm really excited for what Amidas has in store for him in the future, you know. I'm, uh, and to be honest, I think it's a pretty good fight this weekend. Uh, Postal, he hasn't really been impressive at all against any top-tier uh, competition. You know, Terrence Crawford kind of blew him out in a kind of boring fight. But uh, you never know. Man, he has an awkward style, and it is boxing, man. You just never know what's going to happen. You know, uh, Ramirez almost, uh, a lot of people thought Ramirez lost to Cepedo uh, last year, right, a couple years ago. So you just never right. know, man. You never know what's going to happen in the fight. And uh, I'm, regardless, man, uh, I'm really excited for the fight this weekend. I'm glad we're starting to get some of the big, big time uh, boxers back finally. You know, this is going to make it, you know, for right. a better, uh, better situation with boxing. I have a question, Dave. What do you, what do you like, uh, think about what Oscar's saying about uh, Canelo, right? Coming back. What, do, what, what are your thoughts on that? About Canelo Alvarez? And, and he yeah, sounds correct in this. That's right. Crawford. Yeah. Oh, yeah. De La Hoya announced it, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, I think that. Back to, to restart the, the whole thing? I don't think, no, I don't think that. I think that what we got right now is, uh, you know, it, you know, here's the thing is what we're seeing is that this is given a chance for a lot of these other guys that are normally going to be in the shadow of Canelo, um, get their breakout party. And this is, why it's, this is why it's very important that these guys make a statement when they come out in these main events, okay? Especially if you're going to come out, come out on pay-per-view. You know, um, these cards should be stacked a little bit better um, because the world is, a, you know, a certain parts of the world are waiting for Canelo to make this comeback because what is the thrive of boxing? Casual fans or fanboys. You know, like them or not, they have been the bloodline of the sport because they'll spend big money to see their favorite fighter. You know, when it goes to Oscar and Golden Boy, hey, can you blame them? I mean, this is their cash cow. He's sitting out. Golden Boy, you know, needs that money to flow to keep operating their company. There's a lot of companies right now that are folding, small businesses, you know, and you got to imagine Golden Boy is a big business, a big operation with a lot of employees. So, you know, kudos to a lot of the boxing promoters that, that run a company and have them laid off uh, a big part of their, their, you know, their employees, their staff. They've held on to them. But eventually, if, you know, the money's not rolling in and these big fights are not coming through, you're going to start seeing a lot of people being kind of shaved off away from the staff in the behind-the-scenes area. So I think that's where Golden Boy's stance is at, and rightfully so, because, the, look, the, 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 the Ryan Garcia... And um, and uh, 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 Campbell fight, they keep saying, I keep seeing it all over the place that it's going to be, you know, that it's done, it's close. It's either it's done or it's close. It's, it's close to being done. Which one is it? 
So to me, that's still up in the air. I want to see that fight. I think that's a great fight to introduce. You know, if this get if this kid beats Campbell, it definitely introduces. Here's another possibility of a cash cow. Um, you know, and and then you got Virgil Ortiz. But right now, think about it. They really don't got anybody right now to kind of fit the bill to keep them running. They're in a they're in a state right now that they need Canelo more than the more than boxing at the moment. You know, it's, it's interesting, man. Like, I'm not really a big fan of social media, right? I kind of joined it a couple years ago. Reluctantly, you know, and it seems like Golden Boy gets yeah. a lot of grief. You know, Oscar gets a lot of grief and everything. But if you look back for the last ten years, man, Golden Boy and their matchmakers have made most of the stars of today, including the ones that are on the PBC roster. You know, and now, now they they're kind of like the Oakland A's, my favorite team, man. They're constantly uh, bringing up talent, man. Now they got two potential young stars in uh, Virgil Ortiz and Ryan Garcia. You know. So I think Golden Boy, personally, they've done a, their, their whole company's done an excellent job, an underrated job. You know, they, they, they get a lot of grief from uh, a lot of people with podcasts or on Twitter, man. But me personally, I've been impressed, man. And usually when they put on a car unit, like those Thursday night cars, they're entertaining, man. You know, they're entertaining right. from top to bottom. I, I, you know, I've enjoyed them, man. They're like, they got, like, you know, a Blair Cobb. They'll have a, 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 a Matthias on there, um, the Rooster on there once in a while. They have entertaining fights. They have the women fighting on there, you know, the ladies, you know, and they're entertaining cards. And, and they've, they've brought a lot of talent to boxing. They've developed a lot of talent. You know, Danny Garcia, a lot of those fighters have all started under a, were brought along by Golden Board uh, matchmakers, you know. And so they should get a little more credit and less grief from these people, like, with big mouths, you know, on Twitter or on their podcast, man. You know, it's real easy to, to kick somebody when they're down, when they're not really doing that great, when they're having issues. When they're having like relationship problems like uh, Canelo and Golden Boy are having, you know, these guys with jackals making fun of them. But me personally, you know, I'm I'm always been proud of Oscar. I've big, uh, been a big fan of his all the way back to the Olympics, you know. And uh, right, yeah, he's not perfect. He's not a perfect person, but who is, man? You know, I've had no, cousins, I mean, I have cousins that are locked up, you know, all kinds of stuff, man. But he hasn't exactly. laid off any of his employees. He hasn't laid off any of his employees. He's still developing right. stars for boxing, and he signed a big contract with his own. And you got Canelo, one of the biggest contracts in all sports, man. So, I, you know, right. there's a lot of suckers out there talking shit. But, you know, they can't even do half of what, Golden, what Oscar De La Hoya has done. Not even, not even a little bit, you know. He, he got no. screwed over by Richard Schaefer, brought his company back from the dead. Who, who else would do that, man, you know. So, you guys need to back up, man. And, you know, they check themselves a little bit before they keep on talking shit about Oscar so much. It's a lot easier, man. It's easy. And, like, people like Dana White, man. You know. I guarantee that side pool wouldn't say a word to his face, man. He'd get knocked the fuck out. <laughs> you know? I'd knock him the yeah. fuck out if he said that in front of my face. You know? So there's people, yeah. man, they need to check themselves, man. Their life ain't perfect. I'm sorry to get, you know, upset about that, but I've, I've been a big uh, fan of Oscar, man. He's always done us proud, always made the biggest fights, going back to his career and now as a promoter. And for these, you know, Johnny come lately to boxing, boxing hipsters, to be giving him a hard time over every little thing and joining. Enjoying the drama between him and Canelo, it's kind of it's kind of a sucker move, man. You know, so they need to check themselves a little bit, man. Anyway, I'm sorry, man. Just, you, know, you know, like somebody needs no, to defend De La Hoya a little bit. You know, here's the thing about Oscar and Canelo, it's a business, guys. It's not personal. You know what I mean? I mean, if let's just say if let's just say Canelo decided to jump ship, which I don't think he'll jump ship with Golden Boy. I think he would do is jump ship from DAZN. Okay. Because the zone, they can't seem to get 
an opponent for him. All right, or they're not going to approve an opponent for him that the WBC had pointed out and they all voted for, right? You know, so whatever the case is, it's a business. It's not supposed to be personal. And just like where Oscar tweets out, hey, boxing needs Canelo right now, it's, it's yeah, I mean, you know, boxing's always going to survive. Boxing's always going to find its way back into the light or, or, um, or, 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 you know, or what, what need, you know, there's always just that, you know, UFC has always been that guy that we're killing boxing and we're doing this. And I've always said this, I've never in my life, I've ever seen another sport uh, believe that they're, they're the way they will thrive is by killing another sport that exists, right? There's no, why can't they coexist and stuff, you know, but going back, I said, Oscar is a businessman. He runs a business. He's got to say these things because he's got to put pressure on the zone or, or, or anybody else to get his fighter an opponent. They need a paycheck too. You know, they need a paycheck too. They can't always dip into their own bank account because that's not how you run a business. There's got to be cash flow flowing through the business. But anyways, brother, all right, thanks for calling in, man. I really appreciate it. I'm going to hey, pass thank you another uh, thank you. fan on. Okay, bro, thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. You know, thank Dave. No worries. Uh, let's patch in uh, area code 773. You're on live right now. Leave the ring. What's on your mind, brother? What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Who's this? Who Hello? am I talking to? Yes. Can you this hear me? Kevin. Yep. What's up, Kevin? What can I do for you, yeah, bro? Yeah, this is Kevin. Nothing. I just want to talk about a couple of fighters for the weekend, last weekend. Um, Alexander Perveskin and Joe Smith Jr., they both pulled off upsets. And that's a rarity in boxing these days when uh, someone comes out and wins a fight they weren't supposed to. So got to give a shout-out to them. Perfecting 40 years old, going in there with a younger, bigger man, and he put the lights out. <laughs> that punch. Yeah, he did. I'm still, I still go back and watch it. It don't get much better than that. It doesn't. That's the reason why we watch boxing is because it's the drama of unexpected you know, uh, sometimes when you think that, and you know, here's the thing is that the majority of the time boxing always kind of has the, the, you already know who's going to win on the blue, you know, the blue corner is the, always the guy that's the B side. And he's the guy that's being set up to get either beaten or knocked out because they're trying to move their guy up and forward. But that sweet moment in boxing where you get the other guy saying, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm actually going to come out and fight. I'm not coming to just collect a check. I'm going to come out and try to beat the guy so I can be on top. So it's phenomenal when you see that, man. I, I love it. Uh, you know, I thought Povekian, like I said on Monday, I really thought that Povekian was done and over, being dropped twice. Uh, the first one was more like a flash down, but the second one, he was definitely, you could see that he was hurt. But, you know, the thing was is that he was putting things together, and he was smart about it. He was hiding that uppercut by going into the body, and he made White, in my opinion, kind of be comfortable, let his guard down, and believing, I got this man hurt. The next big shot, I'm going to take him out. And guess what? Ended up happening to him. Exactly. It's almost like Vivekan knew, like, all right, I, it, he caught me twice. He wasn't like he was completely out of it. He wasn't like he was, like, no. completely rocked and destroying. He, he got caught. He got put flash, knocked down. He's like, all right, now I'm not messing around. I'm going to put this guy away in old veteran fashion, brutal stuff. But, yeah, like you were saying, it's um, it's too many far between where the A-side wins 
And I think that's what throws off boxing fans. They so many fights where, like that Sean Porter versus Sebastian Formella, like everybody knew it was going to happen. Like the Sebastian kid, right? He stood no chance. And the fact that they made that main event fight, that's what throws boxing fans off. So, but on the flip side, you got someone like Joe Smith Jr. They knew he was a live dog. They, they knew that fight had the possibility to be competitive. Some people said that um, Leader Alvarez was going to outbox him, was going to. He was too technical. He had the amateur experience. But I don't know, Joe Smith, I had a feeling. He's just he's rough and rugged. He got that Mexican style that some Mexicans don't even have. I mean, the way he comes forward and throws, he's one of the most aggressive fighters out there. Can right. you think of someone more aggressive? At the moment, no, especially at his size. That's the difference. You know, the smaller guys, you're always going to see them come forward because they can kind of, like, preserve their energy. But when you've got a big guy, especially 175 with muscle on you, uh, that's a lot heavier. Carried muscle is a lot heavier, around, you know, for, especially for your legs. I knew, you know, I said this on Monday show. I really, truly believed that Joe Smith was going to pull the win, and I even said a stoppage because of – uh, Alvarez's style, you know, and then also you got to take account that Joe Smith gave a beating to Bernard Hopkins, who is kind of not, I'm not going to say completely similar to Alvarez, but Hopkins likes to sit back, allow you to work, and then he, what he does is he catches you with your mistakes. He ends up giving shots to make you rethink what you're going to do. Alvarez is a bit slower with that. What he did, what he likes to do, if you watch his, you know, uh, previous fights, is he likes to watch his opponent kind of gas out lets them get comfortable, and then he goes for the big KO with his right hand, and he waits to those mid-rounds. I knew that you can't do that with Joe Smith. He doesn't let you breathe. And as hard-hitting as he is, that's not a guy you want to sit and let him chip away at you and then think you're going to land something big because Joe Smith's got a solid jaw. It was a phenomenal force for Joe Smith, man. I hope him all the best. I hope that he gets a bigger fight along the lines, but I do want to see him a little bit more, you know, to give him that, that chance to build his name, make it a household name, get him bigger fights and bigger money. Yeah, I agree. I think his, I think his boxing is a little bit underrated. Definitely not polished like a beagle. No way near as close, but he does. He's able to set up some of his big shots with that jab. He knows how to protect himself enough to get inside, make it rough and rugged. Um, but I guess Alvarez did. He did come close. He landed that big right hand on um, Joe Smith Jr. Temple. He was able to eat it. That was when it, he like kind of took his foot off the gas, and Alvarez capitalized. But as soon as he felt that, he's like, "All right, no more mess around. I got to get this guy out of there. He's, he's still dangerous. He's still alive." Right. What? Yeah, I, actually, I, I, I kind of got – yeah, no, I, when that happened – let me tell you this. When that happened, I saw that Joe was kind of taking the round off, and that – I, I kind of got, you know, oh, shit, man, I hope he doesn't do that because that's when he can get caught. That's when you can get hurt with Alvarez because that's what he does. You know, he waits for you to slow down a little bit. He waits for you to get comfortable and relax and then bang. But then when that right hand landed and they didn't do shit – I, I immediately knew, oh, shit, Alvarez, you're in trouble because that was your best shot to stop this guy from coming forward. And it just woke up. It, you know, that light went up on, 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 on the head of Joe Smith, and he was like, oh, shit, you know what? I need to get back in this fight. This guy's still a live dog. I need to take him out. It was a great win. 
Yeah, that's what I thought too. And as far as his, I like the way they did it. A little four-man round-robin title eliminator bout. I feel like we should see more of that. Um, I'm just not too familiar with the the guys on the other side who that fight seems like it's up in limbo with this COVID stuff. Maxine Blasoff and Umar Salomon, something like that. I'm not too familiar with if you could tell me something about them. Yeah, I'm on the same boat with you right now, bro. I would have to actually go back and look at those guys to tell you a whole lot about them and stuff. You know, um, I'm not too familiar with them, with them as well either. I'm pretty yeah, sure somebody in the chat room is, though. You know, they'll they'll definitely fill us in. Um, or if somebody can get on right now, box and let us know. You know, but yeah, I haven't really looked into further uh, too too much into them. To tell you the truth. But what do yeah, you think so about this Saturday? Like, um... Who's fighting this Saturday? Oh, um, Laura versus Vendetti. Yep. Laura. Yeah, uh, that's I'm not too familiar with Vendetti. But I think um, Laura should Vendetti's be able to win. Yeah, Ven- Vendetti's best win is against Kamagai. If you remember him, uh, after Kamagai had lost to Miguel Cotto, he got in with 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 Vendetti, and uh, he was able to 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 beat him with unanimous decision. But other than that, I mean, he's a guy that really we don't even know a whole lot, and. Uh, um, I mean, his record is not that impressive. Uh, to me, this is a Eris uh, Landi Laura's uh, keep busy fight. But then again, you know, I don't know. Are we going to see Laura come out there and look old and give Vendetti a much better competitive fight because he's not the same guy? I mean, as Heard took out that much out of him that, um, you know, he's not who he used to be. I mean, we, so far what we've seen of him, he, he looks like he's declining, not, not staying on the same level that he was before. So Vendetti may have a chance of outworking him um, because like Kamagai, who had a lot of miles, you know, on himself, he was able to outwork him and beat him. But I don't know if Laura's in that, you know, in that state right now. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. It's just will he show will he um show his age finally? Will the age really catch up with him against a younger guy? I doubt it. I don't think Vendetti's the one that's gonna make him show his age. I think Lars is too talented, too technical. I think it's gonna be a not too competitive fight. But as far as that Postal and Ramirez, I think mm. Postal can give Ramirez problems. That that's an interesting fight to be. I think it's another situation where Postal's definitely past his prime. He kind of, he hasn't looked himself the past couple fights, but I'm wondering if he can just give him problems, go back to his waist, throw out the jab, stick and move, but I just don't think, I think Ramirez is going to get on the inside and um, wear him down, put the pressure, and I don't think Postal's gas tank will hold up. I think he'll slow down, and he might get finished late, but I'm just hoping um he goes in there and makes it competitive. Maybe tags him with the big right hand coming in, even though we don't got much power. That's the only right. way I see um, him slowing Ramirez down. But it's still an interesting fight. I'll be tuning in. You know, I mean, look, I think that, that if Pulso can bring back the jab, which, you know, he could if he really worked on it. I mean, he's always had a phenomenal jab. You know, I thought that he was going to get Crawford hell with that jab, because at that 140, man, his jab was the best that I had seen in a very long time. But the other thing is this, okay, and you mentioned it right now, is can he move around? And even if he is able to move around, 
Jose Ramirez is a pressure guy. He's going to come forward, and he's a volume puncher. So he could possibly wear him down. Um, what happens if he traps himself? Can he get out of it? Is he strong enough to get himself out of what Jose Ramirez has been doing? Because of the fact that Jose Ramirez has been looking like a beast. A lot of questions linger over the head of Postal. He's got a lot of demons to dig deep and hopefully, you know, beat on his own before he steps in the ring. Because if anything, he's the one with the more questions about his boxing ability in his career at this moment, where who's on the rise and who's flying high is Jose Ramirez. He's got the big confidence. Postal's got to find confidence, and he's got to beat the other guy with the big confidence. Yes, I agree, but I also think this is Ramirez. I think if Ramirez, this should be like a showcase to really put it on an old fading veteran to make his name off him, kind of like show him he's a real deal, he's he's ready to unify. I think right. you really need to go out there and um put it on this guy, show him he's he's ready for this um, yeah, unification with Taylor. I think he needs to go out there and do that. What do you think? Oh, I think so, too. I don't think that he should carry Postal at all. I think that's going to leave a lot of bad taste in everybody's mouth because what everybody's expecting him to do is go out there and mow right through him. He's got to go out there and make this big statement, you know, um, because, again, this is a stay-busy fight. This is nothing more. This shouldn't be nothing more but a showcase and, a, and, a, and a possibly a KO reel for him to be replayed over and over on ESPN to make that buildup against Taylor. He needs that, you know, um, if he makes it more than that and he carries him and he doesn't look good because of uh, maybe training, maybe COVID's been in the way of him getting to the gym, whatever the case is, those excuses are not going to be good enough because the fans were expecting and are expecting to be this a one-sided show, which is him going out there and mowing through a, a out-of-his-prime 140 postal. So I agree with you. No doubt. And that, you got that and you got the UFC fight, so... I'll be tuning into both, but I appreciate you taking my call. Call me next time. No worries, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. All right, you too. Yep. Well, I tell you what, man. Um, you know, here's the thing too. There's another fight on the on the Fox Sports, and uh, I completely forgot about it on Monday show. I didn't even bring it up. Didn't even talk about it because I thought. Um, I mean, we were going through so much. We were trying to cover a lot of things that were happening. Um, is Kenny coming back, Ahmed? Yes, he is. He is. Um, I haven't read the text. Uh, he did send me a text, um, and it seemed like it was good news, but I was coming on the show, so I haven't even got to it and read about it, read what he was saying. But he had said something about that he finally received the part, uh, and hopefully he's saying that it's the right part and whatever. So we're going to see him very soon, uh, Kenny, uh, back on the show. But going back, Alfredo Angulo and Caleb Track is a great fight. It's a good fight. Let me, let me take the word uh, great away, okay? It's a good fight, and I'll tell you why. You have two guys that kind of resemble in career-wise of what they've done. Uh, one guy's not the biggest per, uh, puncher, which is Caleb. Angulo is, but they both fought a similar opponent, which was Kid Chocolate, okay? Angulo obviously came as a surprise. It was an upset. I don't think anybody thought Angulo was going to beat Peter Quill and Kid Chocolate. I certainly did it. I don't know anybody else did. Probably G-Funky does. The guy seems to have, like, you know, uh, uh, a milk car is, well, a milk car is definitely with us. He just couldn't get on because I had screwed up uh, there, Mauro, uh, Fernando. Yeah, I had screwed up. I didn't unmute the myself on the, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Skype, okay? And I explained that in the beginning of the show. But uh, going back with El Perro, 
That was surprising. The thing that kind of scared me for Ferro, because I, I know him, I've met him, he's a really humble, nice guy. Uh, he's been on the show plenty of times, um, but, ne- but upsets never happen, uh, D-Style. Um, my thing was like, okay, what does this lead him to after beating Peter Quillen? Because everybody was like, oh, El Ferro's back, he's back. And I was like, did he beat a decent version of Peter Quillen, Kid Chocolate? Or what? What did we get? Is this, you know, is this a mirage of, of, of what happened? And, and is El Perro going to get hurt? Well, I'm glad that he's getting in with, with Caleb because Caleb to me is a guy that could beat him, but not, not beat him really bad, but I think outwork him. You know, really outwork him and see where he's at. Federal looks still really slow, moving up in weight. He looks slower, but he's still got that power behind his punches. Uh, you know, Caleb is going to have to really mix it up with him and, 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 and try to outwork El Ferro between those punches. So it's really an interesting fight. It's not as bad as it, 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 it looks. Um, it's not, yeah, yeah, outlaw, Angula should be the main event. It's more competitive fight. I agree. I definitely, definitely agree because these are two guys that are kind of clinging on to their career. They really do. They got to make a statement. Angulo really has to prove and show us that he's healthy enough to continue on with his career or if Caleb goes out there and just puts a a, a boxing lesson on him, that tells us everything we need to know about Angulo. And I think that Caleb would be the right guy. Doesn't carry a lot of pop, but will have enough to keep – Angulo humble and enough to let us know what's the next step for Angulo's career, okay? Because Angulo, let's be honest here, you know, he's slow as shit, punches like a freaking mule, but, man, his, his defense is his face. He takes a lot of shots. And you're right, Fernando. You know, Peter Quillen was very inactive, um, transiting as a real estate business guy, um, so, yeah, I mean, he was definitely could have been there for the paycheck. But, again, uh, you know, seeing what we saw with Angulo, you can't sit there and say that this is a really faded perro. I mean, he looked he look faded. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I just can't. I can't surely lead what I saw because what I saw was Peter Quillen, not even the guy that wanted to be in there. And try to be the middleweight champion of the world anymore with that mouthpiece. What I saw was a shell of a guy that used to be a fighter and was kind of just there physically. We saw him with our own eyes. He was there. But good thing for Angulo, he's heavy-handed, so he's able to do the job, which was get him out of there. But to sit there and say, oh, man, I mean, I think he's kind of resurged his career, and we could see uh, a, a part two of his career, and this guy could do something major and big? No. Don't see it. He's definitely not the Angulo uh, that we even, even when he fought uh, 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 James Kirtland, I mean, that was a vicious version of him. I don't know. I'm not sure we're going to see that against Caleb. You know, I think we're going to see it's still a guy struggling to hold on to a career against a very other decent fighter that is the same thing, is struggling to stay, to hold on to his career. So to me, this is a, a, a fight to see who continues on. Outlaw, you get two past guys, you get two guys past their prime, uh, will their career on the line, 
you can get a great fight. You absolutely could. You know, we've always got some great fight. You know, uh, Gary and Ward, you know, uh, Corrales and Castillo. Uh, you can name off a bunch of fights, uh, even Barrera Morales. You know, Morales was just at, at the peak of his career, but Barrera, a lot of people had wrote him off, and he was able to research his career and get everybody back. I don't see that with Angulo. If he gets the win over Caleb, uh, I think it would be a good win. But it's still going to leave that big question mark. How good is he? And how bad was Caleb, you know, at, at this point of his career? You know, who's also fighting to keep his career because he's past his prime, as you suggested yourself, right? But I think it's a great fight. Honestly, um, loser leaves town match. Uh, <laughs> that, should be the, uh, that should be the tag for it. Hashtag loser leaves town match by D-Style uh, for Angulo and uh, Trax. Uh, Again, that's a, I, I, I like that fight. I really do. And I think everybody else in the chat room is saying as well that they really, really uh, like this fight as well. I think it's, it's, it's really going to probably set up for some real fireworks because Caleb's going to have a lot of chances against this much slower Angulo. And like I said, Angulo's defense uh, is, his, uh, is his face. And he always makes up for good fights. He always does. He, he's a fun guy to watch. Really slow. Slower than what he was before, but he's very heavy-handed. Guy, and he's competitive. Um, I mean, this guy is competitive. I can't take that away from Angulo. You know, I don't know, I don't know Caleb personally. I think he follows me on Twitter and all that. But what I know of Angulo, um, this guy's really competitive. You know, it's not like he doesn't take this sport serious. It's just that, you know, the style that we see that he introduced us when he came out is is one of those styles that don't last very long. That's why right now with Jose Ramirez, uh, with uh, Victor Postal, embrace what Jose Ramirez is doing. Enjoy it. Because guys like that, they don't last too long unless they, they decide to change it midway after when they see that their body's kind of betraying them or they can't do that anymore um, because they're moving up in weight or whatever the case is. Marcos Antonio Barrero is one of those guys who was able to change his style and go back to originally how he started, uh, which was amateur. We didn't have a very long amateur career, but, you know, he had always said, I can box. He just to- chose to go out there and be exciting. Don't see that what happened with Angulo, okay? Um, Laura, again, um, this could be an interesting fight. Why? Because Laura, too, is on that decline. I mean, we, we don't know where he's at. You know, I mean, I don't think we're going to see him fully fall off, you know, the re- fall, you know, fall off the ring where we're like, oh, man, we're seeing an older guy. He's no longer this, the, you know, at least durable um, because he's a smart guy. He's got a high IQ in, in, in the ring, you know, and uh, but and he's got power. It's not like he doesn't have power. You know, it's just that he's always kind of chose to box and be a counter puncher. So if he does lose his legs, he has no longer any legs because that's the first thing to go. Um, uh, Gary Vendetti is going to have uh, well, he's going to have something to be introduced to by his left hand. He's got a really, really strong left hand. You know, so I'm. I think the Fox card is decent. I think it could be exciting. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, as well as the as the uh, uh, um, ESPN Plus card, which is on Saturday night, as well with the Marines versus Postal, uh, you got that sensational sensational prospect, Elvis Rodriguez, you know, who's been knocking out a lot of guys. I mean, this guy, it looks really good. He's been on ESPN, not even what? I think that hasn't even been a month. Has it been a month? Or maybe a little bit over a month, you know? 
And uh, he's somebody to keep an eye on, put some stock in. So definitely that's one kid to keep a lookout. So um, I, I think that fight's going to be different. We're all going to be looking forward to see Jose Ramirez and Postal because we want to see if he's going to make that statement. I, ex- I kind of suspect that he is. I don't think he's going to go out there and play with his food. We haven't seen him do that, you know, late at all. Honestly, we haven't seen him go out there and play what he, what he has in front of him. Being now under the tutelage of, uh, of uh, um, Garcia Academy, we've seen him actually kind of amp up his aggression. So that's a good thing. Bad thing for Victor Postal because he's going to have to come back as Victor Postal uh, of what, what he was at 140, which was a few years back. I just don't see him capturing that again. I just don't see him be able to bring that jab and his legs or anything like that. So um, I do definitely see that it's going to be a, a KO real for Jose Ramirez. Uh, Fernando, do you think about the homie Ruben Vela being made in uh, Neverete's mandatory? Your boys, uh, the Hispanic crapped on it. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know if I don't know if it could be made. Um, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of names so far. I think there's been what three names thrown into the to the hat so far uh, for Neverete. So, you know, I think that what it all comes down to is who's going to bite on the bid. You know, I think that's what's been kind of the main problem right now. You know, um, for everybody is who's going to bite on that that bid. Top Rank has been able to kind of pull pull it off and stuff like that. But as we know with Top Rank, they, they don't budge. They they really stick to their plan, and if they have to, they'll do it or they'll find another way. So it really depends. I'm not really sure. You know, um, another, another, another uh, guy to keep out a lookout for, and I know that if Emil Carr was here, he would be like, oh, man, I love this guy, you know, is definitely going to be um, – uh, the heavyweight prospect who uh, a lot of us was hoping that he was going to get uh, Joyce, Joe Joyce, right? The the juggernaut. And um, that didn't happen. Um, so this is more of a fight for him right now that, that Dubai is going to be getting to keep himself busy um, so that uh, he's ready because they're, they are still talking about Joe Joyce and him getting into the ring and mixing it up. So, um, I don't know why Joe Joyce would want to do that with Dubai, Daniel Device. I think that they should kind of stay away from that. Um, <laughs> but you can't run too too far. And uh, Joe Joyce has already had some words of his own. He thinks that Daniel may be taking a, taking a bite uh, more than he could chew. I don't see it. Uh, a milk car is very high on Daniel. I'm very high on him. Um, he's definitely definitely a major player in the heavyweight division. Um, I like the way they're building them. I like the way they're moving them. And uh, that should be really interesting and fun to watch the kid get back there in action. Again, I think this is a stay busy. I think it's going to be a quick win because they're trying to preserve them and keep them there for keep them healthy, keep them without any cuts or anything for the uh, 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 Joe Joyce fight. So there you go with him, man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And, uh, you know, good suggestion here is by D-Style is saying, Erdlandi Laura and Tim Tzu. Ooh, that actually would be um, another major step up for him because, you know, Laura is a, is a far recognizable name. And depending on how he looks, you know, the thing with Laura, though, is that is he going to be, is he going to be uh, uh, um, interested? 
because he's after the titles and he's after for those big name marquee guys at the moment, you know, that, that are, that are, that have titles, you know, um, I don't, I don't think he's going to want to mess with Tim because what's there to offer, what's there for him. But there is a lot of money if he, if they happens to happen in Australia, you know, I mean, why not money talks, right? But again, uh, man, seeing what Tim Tazoo did to Jeff Horn, and if Laura doesn't have his legs back and he's got to sit there and bang, this could be a difficult night. That could be a very difficult fight for him. But also, I'd like to see Tim's chin against Laura because, like I said, Laura can bang when he needs to bang. It's not like he's got some feather hands there. He can bang. He's rock guys. He's hurt guys. You know, um, he's some, that's something that's not credit to him and to Rigendow. They have that punch that can knock you out when they, when they need to. You know, so <laughs> the juggernaut slow as molasses. You're absolutely right, man. That's why I was saying I don't want to see him in there with Daniel, but it would be a good fight. You know, I definitely would like to see that. But going back with Laura and uh, Tim Tazoo, I think that is a great matchup if they could make that happen. If Top Rank and uh, um, the PBC um, sat down and, and, and thought about that and possibly sway Laura, because I think Tim um, Tazoo team – they, they definitely, I think they would be on board on that. I just don't know if Erislandi Laura would be on board, board with that unless the money is really big and there, you know, um, then they would do that and stuff. Uh, like I said, it would have to be in Australia. I don't see it happening here in the States. It wouldn't make any sense. I don't think you should take that kid out of there to tell you the truth. Um, I think he sells out the arenas out there, as you saw, you know, on Wednesday. Why take him out of the Build them up. Build them up. And especially can't even bring them over there. Everybody's, it's in the bubble. Why, why do that and stuff, you know? And right now, fighters are asking for this big X amount of money, which they really can't really make because there's no gates, right? So their money there is not really there for them to grab. So if anything, if Erislandi Laura is looking for a big payday, that rat style, I agree with you. He should go to Australia and face Tim Tzu. Guys, it's been fun, man. Um, thanks for joining me. It's late. I didn't think I was going to be on for this long and stuff, but hey, I was and stuff. I want to thank everybody that joined me here on Leave the Ring, that called in on Leave the Ring. We'll be on on Monday uh, with uh, Emil Carr. I'm going to find out if Kenny's going to be on. Hopefully, all three of us can be on because uh, I like to talk about the reviews of this past Saturday fights and stuff. And I know Emil Carr wants to talk about uh, Tim Tazoo as well. And then also we'll be talking about the future cards in September. We got some good fights coming up. Uh, we got some good fights overall to end up to end up end out the year here on uh, on the boxing schedule. Again, as always, guys, enjoy your weekend. Don't drink your drive, or you will spill your beer. <laughs>